Welcome to Future Educators Talk with Darren. I am your co-host, Darren Brett. And I am Damian Anderson. And today we have a very special guest that will be joining our podcast for this episode. Yes, indeed. Uh, she is a she's a sixth grade math teacher at Cedar Creek Middle School in Youngsville, North Carolina. Everyone, please welcome to our podcast, Miss. Um, if I'm pronouncing this correctly. Miss Kanita Hopkins. Yeah, it's Kanita. Hello, everybody. It's so awesome to be a part of this. So glad to have you. All right. Today, we will talk about self-care for teachers since Tuesday was World Suicide Prevention Day. So what can teachers do if they feel stressed? Well, it, it's sad to say, but it's not a question of if they feel stressed, but when, because teaching is such an incredibly high stress profession. And according to research, decisions out to about four decisions a minute. And on top of that, we wear so many hats beyond just an educator. We're coaches mm-hmm. and parents, mm-hmm. aunts, uncles, caretakers, counselors, mediators, cheerleaders, disciplinarians, social workers, secretaries. Uh, we're IT support. We're customers. You name it. And sometimes it's hard to know when you are stressed because stress is such a normal working condition for a teacher. And it's really when you start feeling like you're barely treading mm-hmm. water, like you're about to drown, that it's definitely time to wow. step back. Well, I did not know that teachers make about 1,500 decisions a day. That's a whole lot of decisions mm-hmm. to make. Mm-hmm. Right. And keep in mind, that's just the average amount and average is in the middle. So depending on your grade level, you could have a lot more. I know when I taught in elementary school, I made a mm. lot more decisions mm-hmm. then than I do now in wow. middle school. Okay. <laughs> so the really the key part about teacher stress is and what to do about it is to monitor your workload and pace yourself. Before you start foundering, you need to reach out to the people that are your people and do not be afraid to and say no to extra things. And that's the problem that I things. have is that I can't say no because, you know, I feel like I'm turning them down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same here with me as well. Um, I am the person that always says um, yes to everything because, like you said, Damon, I don't want to let them down. I don't want to let um, I don't want to let down the people that I am depending on or that's, or people that's depending on me. Does that kind of like, does that kind of make sense a little bit? Mm-hmm. So that makes perfect sense to me because that's exactly how I used to be because I'm a natural leader. Mm-hmm. I'm a helper. I love to be a helper. I'm a caretaker. My personality type is an ENFP. 
SJT, if you've ever heard of that. Um, I used to think that by saying yes and everything all of the time, fulfilling my role and being a and making that on me was being taken care. Mm-hmm. All right, so we have some exciting news to announce. All right, uh, what's the exciting news, Darren? So on Tuesday, September seventeenth, is the announcement for the guest moderators of BME. S talk on Twitter. So make sure you follow us on all social media for the announcement. And then stay tuned next Tuesday for the official date that we are going to be guest moderators for the month of October. Yes. And I am so excited about this. So please stay tuned. On that. Oh, Darren. Um we also forgot something else to mention. What's that, Damien? Um, about our own guests on our podcast. Um, you know, um Oh yes, I totally forgot. Uh, so if you like to be a guest on our broadcast during the month for the next For the next five months, so from October all the way to February 2020, make sure you fill out the FET guest form. Uh, The deadline for that is Monday, September 30th. Yes, and the link for that is on our social media pages, so check it out now. Um... So right now, we are going to switch up things a little bit for next week's episode. Yeah, so that's right. So you get to pick the topic for us to talk about. And for next week, uh, we were going to talk about empathy for the students. Also, teachers using their money for school supplies. Mm-hmm. And also, kind of in the we talked a lot. Uh, we talked a little bit about it a couple episodes ago. Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, we got some good things to discuss on next week's episode. So tune in. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on our social media platforms on Twitter at Future Ed Talk, Instagram at Future Educators Talk. On Facebook at Future Educators Talk and subscribe to our YouTube channel at Future Educators Talk with Damien and Darren. And make sure to hit that bell to get notified when all new future episodes and more exciting things. Also, make sure to follow me on Twitter at underscore Damien Anderson and Instagram at D. Damien Anderson. That's D. Damien Anderson. He's the only Damien Anderson. So D. Damien Anderson. Uh, also, you can find me on Twitter at, at Darren underscore Brett. Yes, I do worry a lot. And on Instagram at Andrew. 
also before also before leaving um our web our website is up and running yes so the brand new episode uh, the brand new episode oh. okay. uh the brand new website link is now available on all social media platforms yes um anything else we are missing to tell them about uh yes we do we have just now just just i don't know how you pronounce it but i'd say just uh we do have just now uh you may saw a i think you saw two of them on on twitter yeah. uh the animations um i use constantly to break those gifs so be sure you check it out on twitter yes Yes, 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 we do. So check them out now. They are on Facebook and Twitter. So yes. Um. Well, until next time, I am your co-host, Damian Anderson. And I'm Darren Pratt. This is Future Educators Talk with Damian Anderson. And that is actually the opposite of... Uh, what I was doing because by saying yes to everybody and everything, that's how you get burnt out. Um, I started really burning out fast and realizing that there's a saying that you can't pour from an empty cup. And it is completely true. Uh, A candle that has used all of its wick up can't light any pathways, even your own. So I realized Mm -hmm. I had to start choosing how, I hand out my yeses. I needed to be careful with who I say yes to and what Mm -hmm. I say yes to so that I'm not using up all of my wick or I'm not trying to pour from an empty cup. Okay, perfect. I I love that. Like it. Yeah, I really like that last part. I counted that use all its wick, not light in the path of others. That's a, that's a good, good quote Mm -hmm. right there. Um, I'll make sure to remember that when I'm about to say yes to to people. Um, also, I haven't heard of the different personality types. Me either. You can take it at a website called 16personalities.com. It's free. It doesn't take that long, and it is amazing. One of my coworkers here at the middle school, he does the test every year with his students to help them understand how – Uh, they function and why the way why they are the way that they are and how to interact with other people that don't have their same personality type it is awesome to watch Mm -hmm. right I will I will definitely check it out and share my results same with me as well I would definitely look into that All right, well, moving right along into our next topic, which is rewarding students that are doing excellent. So, what do you guys think about this? Um, I would probably uh, reward every student because if you you just reward a student, the other student Look at that as jealous. Mm-hmm. So we need to figure out a way that we can reward every student um, that 
Okay. Right. Um, what about you, Miss Hopkins? What are your thoughts on Warren students? So most of our schools in definitely our area, uh, but across the United States, have moved toward positive behavior intervention. And Mm -hmm. we call it PBIS. Uh, With PBIS, we're expected to be consistently rewarding every student that is showing positive behavior, whether that's with their academics or their character, being kind. Uh, We have a saying here at Cedar Creek, because we're the Jaguars, so we use Jags. Uh, being just be responsible, always be respectful, got to be kind, safety is essential. And we reward kids for showing that. Uh, But most students, especially kindergarten through the middle grades, they start transitioning out of this in the middle grades, but they're not intrinsically motivated. Like they have to have some, something that's tangible. Some kids really need something tangible, even when they're older. And that's, that helps them be a better student, be a better person because we're encouraging the good behavior and discouraging the bad behavior. But for the jealousy part of it, I always start my year with a discussion uh, because all the kids are like, Oh, I want to be treated equally uh, Mm -hmm. to my peers. So we have a conversation about equity and equality. And I always tell this story uh, and the kids think it's funny because I'm short. So I tell the story about uh, if we're all stand, all of us are standing at a big, tall fence and we can't see over it. If I'm going to have equal treatment for everybody, then that means every single person that is standing at this fence gets the exact same box. They get the, an equal box. Mm-hmm. And that's great. We're all getting the same thing. But my size box uh, or the size <laughs> that I need might not be the size that other people need. So we all got the same box, but some of us are not going to be able to see over the fence, but equitable treatment and having equity says we all get the box that we need to be able to see over the fence. And it's really funny to my, my tall kids because they're like, Miss Hopkins, you're going to need a box than I need. So, uh, but that it helps them see when they say equal, they really mean fair and that starts off a really good conversation and helps them with their jealousy. Okay. 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 What about you, Danny? Um, I totally agree as well. Um, kind of like since flu season <laughs> is coming up. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of like flu season you know a doctor gives the same flu vaccine for each patient versus a doctor gives a different flu vaccine for each patient right so like here everybody is going to get this vaccine but some of y'all are going to need the shot and some of y'all are just going to get it sprayed up your nose <laughs> look I'm, I'm guilty of the nasal flu vaccine so I can't do either that's totally fine dude. <laughs> that is totally fine. Um, so if you want to keep up with what is currently happening on our podcast, join the convert join the conversation on Twitter by using hashtag future educators talk to answer the question of the night, which is coming up later on in our podcast every Monday. 
Um, we love hearing your feedback on the topics that we discuss on our podcast. Yep, we love hearing from you. Plus, we have some exciting news at the end of this podcast. So make sure you tune in later on later on the show. So let's move on to the last topic of the night, which is flexible seating in the classroom. Yay! <laughs> so flexible seating is becoming a new trend in the education system. Like every time I look, especially at the beginning of the year, I go on Twitter and I see many, many mm-hmm. uh, different teachers mm-hmm. use flexible seating in the classroom. So what are y'all thoughts on flexible seating in I am all about flexible seating. So I, as a teacher, I became interested in flexible seating way back in like 2015 or 2016. So I kind of got in on it when it was gaining traction and I guess being born and put out into the education world. But really back when I was in fifth grade myself, I had this incredible teacher named Miss Vickers and I actually had her for second and then for fifth grade because she moved up. And now looking back, I consider her a revolutionary because she was way ahead of her time. I was in fifth grade I was in elementary school back in the 90s because I'm hashtag old but, um, and cringy. But we had flexible seating in fifth grade in 1996. We had, ta- yeah, we had tables. We had couches. We had rugs and lamps. Everything that is starting to look more normal in classrooms now in almost 2020 is what Miss Vickers had in her classroom in 1990. And she was because she was convinced that it really did help us and change our perception of our lessons and our classroom environment. Wow. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you think flexible fitting will continue for future educators like us later down the road? And also do you recommend flexible sitting for all the teachers as well? As far as looking into the future, I absolutely think that it will grow and continue and evolve, too. Just like education changes sometimes hour by hour, Mm -hmm. especially now with technology. And I would love to see more classrooms embracing less of the old school structure and more new school structure Mm -hmm. that's research-based and beneficial to everybody But as far as everybody doing it, I would say I cautiously recommend flexible seating, mostly because in my experience from implementing it myself and also helping others and watching others, you have to have strong classroom management. But on top of that, you also need to be willing to be flexible yourself because what you think might work in the classroom for the kids might not be what actually works. You really have to base it on your individual students that are Mm -hmm. in your classroom at that time. Mm -hmm. I've had the same parts of flexible seating. Like I'm sitting right next to my three wobble stools right now. And I've had kids in some classes that can handle it and need the wobble stools in the same year as other kids who absolutely 
do not need, cannot handle wobble stools. But so it's not for everybody. Like you have to know your children. You have to know yourself. You have to know your classroom management. But there is a lot of good research coming out about flexible seating related to the classroom environment that shows that it's beneficial. And I, I love it myself. But you really have to know yourself and your kids before you implement it. Wow. Mm-hmm. This is... That, that is really some good stuff. Um, I will have to ponder whether um, or not, if I want to do it or not, like like you said, um, it just depends on whether or not, it, it just depends if you like it or not, just based on whether or not, if you like it or not. It just depends on with you and the students at that particular right. point. Yeah, and I've actually switched up my own flexible seating multiple times within the school year. Uh, My husband says I'm not allowed to move furniture at my house anymore, so I just move all of my classroom furniture all the time. But I've moved it because of the kids. Because really, if you're not in education, any part of education for the children, you probably need to go do something else anyway. But I move it around all the time because my kids change, especially in middle school. They grow so much. And you want your kids involved with the setup of the room and the the choices that they get to make for seating. And actually there is medical basis for wanting me wanting to have other choices besides a desk in middle school, especially sixth grade boys. They're the bones that make up their tailbone are fusing together. So mm-hmm. it is actually physically uncomfortable for them to sit in these hard desks. Mm-hmm. Um, and it depends mm-hmm. on the space in your room. I've had huge classrooms. I've had small classrooms. And I mean, I just said that I was sitting next to my flexible seating wobble stools. I have minimal flexible seating in my room right now. We just started the year. I don't know all of the learning needs of my kids yet. I don't know their environment desires. I don't know exactly everything they can handle or not handle yet. And I want to take enough time at the beginning to get to know them well enough to give them good choices and appropriate choices for their learning levels, their development levels, things like that. Yeah, um, I will actually keep that in mind. Like you said, uh, in middle school, uh, them, them hard years, <laughs> uh, I used to go to them hard chairs were were no joke. Uh, they were uncomfortable. So I know exactly what they're. I know exactly uh, what they're going through because, like I said, them hard chairs are just not comfortable. Nope. So, over here with yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we have a question of the night for all the teachers that are listening right now. How do you introduce and implement flexible seating in your classroom? Let us know on Twitter by using hashtag future educators talk. Let us know. Let us know. We like, uh, we love to uh, hear from you. Also, we like to thank Mrs. Hopkins for joining us on our, on our podcast for this episode. 
Yeah, thank you all so much for having me and giving me the opportunity to speak on some of my favorite things. It's been so nice. It has been our pleasure to have you as our guest. And please come back soon to talk with us. Yeah.